And just like that, <laughs> to quote Sarah Jessica Parker, it's the new year. It's 2024. Can you believe it? We're here. Welcome to this, the first episode of the Free Your Voice, Free Your Life podcast with me, your host, Davin Youngs, in the new year, in 2024. I'm wondering, are you feeling it? Are you feeling the energetic shift of it all? Or are you like me, simply feeling cold, (laughs) freezing? (laughs) I'm coming to you from Chicago, where it is so cold right now. It's like, don't go outside cold. I just walked across the street earlier, and I kid you not, that my mustache froze. (laughs) But you know what? It's January in the Middle West, and this is how things go, and we all have these big aspirations, and then we just have to stay inside. And so it's really important that your aspirations align with that reality. But maybe you're listening from a warmer climate, and if that's the case, God bless you. Enjoy it. Know that not all of us are feeling that right now. And maybe you're joining me from a similarly cold environment to which I say, hey, Let's huddle in. Let's get close. Let's be together. Let's share ideas and warm our spirits up collectively. Now, you might have heard me say this before, but I actually love the new year. I think it's a really, really beautiful reminder of the reality of our existence. See, we think that there's this day or this time or this moment where things shift, where we need to resolve to change. But the truth of who you are as a human being The absolute truth of who you are as a human being is that you are ever, forever in this life form, shifting and changing and growing and moving and transforming. And all you have to do is to tap into that knowing. All you have to do is draw your awareness to it. And so I love that the new year asks us to be aware of this reality. Now, I don't like that people carry around a lot of shame and guilt around what they should do and how they think they need to change. Really, that awareness is about tapping into the truth of who you are. It's really about embracing who you are and allowing yourself to move through that channel of you-ness and just observe and witness and follow the flow, the change, the shift, the growth. I can feel it. I can feel it. I'm ready for it. I'm ready to continue down this path, and I hope that Hope we can do it together. I hope you will join me. Um, really quick, this week, if you are in or around Chicago, on Thursday, I will be bringing the Reset, my immersive sound healing experience to Orchestra Hall. You've probably heard me talk about this in the past. It's something I'm very proud of. It's um, an experience, something like a sound bath, uh, but it centers my voice. I use singing through looping devices, along with instruments associated with sound as a healing modality. And I create, I don't know, a -a one-of-a-kind experience that really borders on a concert, um, but it's a concert that's meant to hold space for healing and transformation and change in your life. And so anyway, if you're in or around, you can go to cso.org slash the reset. Join me on Thursday, the 18th. Um, In February, I will be at the Oberlin Conservatory, specifically at Finney Chapel, offering a similar experience. That experience is free to the public if you live around Cleveland, Ohio. I hope you might check that out. You can learn more about it at davinyoungs.com. But um, yeah, I'm going to be traveling and bringing this experience 
in a number of different places throughout the year. And I hope if you're in or around any of those areas that you might join me. Okay, that's all I've got with regards to announcements. As always, I hope you'll find me on social media. I hope you'll visit uh, davinyoungsvoice.com. And uh, I hope if you enjoy the podcast, you might leave a review. You could gift that to me as a gift for the new year. (laughs) Drop me a sweet five-star review uh, at Apple Podcasts and talk about what it is that you hear happening here. I would really appreciate that. It would mean a whole lot to me. All right, let's get to today's hot topic, which is who's allowed to sing? Now, I've been thinking about this because it has come up in a number of one-to-one sessions that I've had lately, and it's a theme that arises, um, I don't know, periodically with pretty much everyone I work with in some way, shape, or form. This could alternatively be titled, you know, singing and imposter syndrome or something like that. But let's be a little more idiosyncratic (laughs) and use these sort of philosophical or uh, contemplative questions. Who's allowed to sing? Now, I wanted to tell you a story. Many of you know that my background, my childhood, teen, and early adult years were focused on classical singing, um, specifically more operatic styles of singing. And You might also know that when I graduated from the Oberlin Conservatory of Music, I bumped up against my 21-year-old self in existential crisis mode going, well, maybe I don't want to be an opera singer. Maybe this is not the path that I want to pursue. And what does that mean if I've spent the last 10 plus years working toward this and I have a degree in this and, you know, what the hell do I do? (laughs) A lot of you are relating already to this because you've experienced this in some way, shape, or form. I see it all the time. People uh, go through law school and then they get done and they have all this debt and all this education and they go, maybe I don't want to be a lawyer. I've seen it happen with doctors. I've seen it happen with you name the situation, the scenario, and we can all kind of relate to each other because it's profoundly confusing when you've dedicated a lot of time and energy and money and resources, and maybe you've had the support and backing of others to head down a certain path, but then you go, "Mm, I don't know if this is it. And I've grown to believe that this is actually a really important thing to occur in our lives. That it's important to have these moments where you are calling into question your values. What really feels like it will point you down an authentic and true path? And what are you willing to reject if it doesn't feel like it aligns? What are you willing to turn away from even though there's all this time and effort and money and resources that have gone into that? And so anyway, I experienced that (laughs) significantly in my early 20s. I moved to Chicago I found myself a good old-fashioned office job. I worked in arts administration, nonprofit arts administration work. I sang in professional choirs on the side. Um, I taught voice lessons. I would get hired for weddings and funerals. And uh, I just did what I could to make a little extra money singing. Oh, I sang at churches, too. Um, I was a a solid cantor. at the Catholic Church. I did some synagogue singing too. Basically, whoever wanted a baritone, 
that had a pretty classical sound, um, I was willing to show up. But I felt tremendously unfulfilled during this time as an artist. I felt very lost as an artist. And I felt like even though I had this skill around singing, I wasn't comfortable with my voice. And if people even asked me what I did, I was reluctant to say that I sang because everything in every place that I sang didn't feel like a true expression of what I wanted to be or where I wanted to go. And while they were lovely, good opportunities and there was nothing wrong with those opportunities, the best way I can say it to you is they just didn't feel like me. They didn't feel true. They felt like the thing that I knew how to do given my history as a singer and a vocalist and the training that I had had. And so if you're familiar with my story, there were a couple moments later in my 30s where I bumped up against some new learning opportunities that really helped shift and transform my voice. And one of them, which I've mentioned many, many times, is the work that I encountered through the teacher Jeannie Levetri and somatic voice work. And the reason I'm telling you this is because there was something in that moment that alerted me to the possibility when I met Jeannie and when I sang for her and when she started to help me with my voice, it alerted me to the possibility that I could find my voice, that I could find an artistic, creative singing path that was different from where I had been and that would be reflective of where I wanted to go. Now, the caveat was I didn't know <laughs> where I wanted to go and I had no clue even how to start to get there. But what Jeannie did for me is she opened me up to the mystery of my voice. She helped me break free of some of the definitions I had around what it could do or should do. And she helped me discover a freer experience of my voice in my body, which, as you know, is really one of the most efficient paths to healing and transformation. So somatic voice work. The very first training I did, I did it in New York City. I flew to New York and I went to a training at City College in New York. It was in Harlem. And I remember the first day of going to this training and people were introducing themselves and people were saying things like, yeah, I'm a jazz singer. I'm a musical theater singer. I do this. I have a band. I have this folk project I'm working on. I'm an experimental classical singer, yada, 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 you name it. And man, did that mess with my head. <laughs> Those initial introductions really got me spinning because it just alerted me, even though I didn't need much more of an alert, but it really reminded me of this truth of not knowing who I was as a singer. I mean, you know, I could say, well, I sang in choirs and I sing at weddings and funerals. <laughs> I laugh not because there's anything wrong with that. If that was my heart's desire, that would have been the best and perfect thing to say. But it wasn't my heart's desire. I wanted to feel like I was a part of some sort of creative expression of myself. I feel like I could be a part of a project. I wanted to be able to say, I make this kind of music. I do this. And it seemed to me that everyone else around me, upon initial introduction, was saying those things. They were introducing themselves as, you know, I do this thing. And I remember feeling 
jealous. I remember feeling envious. I remember feeling embarrassed. I remember feeling defensive. I remember feeling small. I remember feeling insignificant upon these initial introductions. Fast forward through the program. One of the things that happens is you get to hear a lot of people sing. And you get to hear um, a lot of people do a lot of different types of singing. And there was an aspect of the program where we would hear people do vocal exercises. But then there was one night of the program where people all performed for each other. And what I realized in listening to everyone sing, including myself, was that those labels that people offered around themselves had a vast variation of meaning. <laughs> I realized that the label was not a direct reflection of the sound because some folks got up there who didn't have sort of clear pathways that they were able to express about themselves or how it is that they were using their voice. And they just sang their faces off. And like our mouths were agape with surprise at how good, how good they were. <laughs> and then some other folks, no shade, who had expressed that they had careers or were out gigging or were out doing this thing or had this project with this band, they didn't sound so great. Or let's just say they didn't meet the expectations that I had in my head around what someone who introduces themselves like that should sound like. Now, I want to be very careful with how I'm talking about this here and let you know that I'm telling you this to be transparent about my inner monologue. I'm telling you this so that you can potentially relate to the erroneous paths we travel down in our mind. The paths that we believe others lead us down, but the truth of the matter is, is our conditioning, our story, our narrative, our projections, uh, they sort of nudge us often in the wrong direction. See, just because someone does something or says they do something, that doesn't tell you anything about where they are on that journey with that thing. It doesn't tell you anything about their skill, talent, or ability. And one of the beautiful, beautiful aspects about the work that I have stepped into is that I'm really interested in making space for people wherever they are on their voice and healing journey. And one of the things that happened in that weekend when we were together in New York is it ultimately those sort of lines around talent, skill, ability, experience, they got really blurred and really muddy. And because we were all in this path together and all learning and all vulnerable, none of it mattered. We were just humans trying to sing. We were just humans trying to show up and be our most authentic selves and transform and grow and just really step into a fuller version of who it was that we knew ourselves to be. This was very, very powerful me, for me, and it really shifted my perspective. The reason I'm telling you this story is because so often I hear from folks that I work with that they're not willing to try or to do something because they assume that they should have 
achieve some level of talent, skill, ability in order to do that. And they will often hold up others' education or experience or professionalism, let's call it that, as the symbol of their skill. And while there are elements of that that might be true, it's not ever as straightforward as people think it is. So I want to just work through these with you today to give you a little bit of context. When you start to hear that voice of self-doubt that I shouldn't be allowed to do this, or I'm not ready to do this, or I can't do this because people who do this are professional. People who do this have degrees. People who do this have XYZ experience. I'm just going to really highlight the fact for you that that might not be true. <laughs> it really, really might not be true. I want to start with the word professional because I love, love, love when people say that. Because when I was telling you about the introductions that I was hearing from other singers, I know what people mean when they say professional. But I know now, further into my career, that the reality of what professional means <laughs> is about as varied as the many skill sets of every singer on the planet. I mean, technically, to be a professional simply means that you've gotten paid to do the work, that you've gotten paid to sing. And of course, this is a lovely experience. Of course, this is a lovely energetic reward for your hard work. Of course, this is the dream for so many. But let me be very clear. <laughs> there is no specific point of reaching a certain skill set, talent, ability that then manifests into getting paid and vice versa. I know so many people who have the chops, who have the skill, who have the ability, who could really do the thing, but don't get paid. And I know some folks who are really early on in their growth, who haven't maybe evolved or developed as much as they could or will, and they get paid regularly to sing. So whenever someone says to me, but I think they're professional, or I think you need to be professional, I can poke holes in that really fast. Now, when I use the word professional, one of the hallmarks I think of when I think of a professional singer is the skill, talent, ability, experience that allows them to handle varying situations, varying levels of adversity, that allows them to step up on a stage because they've been asked to do so and sing even if the audience isn't being entirely attentive or the mic stops working or they forget the words. Professionalism to me is the ability to make do in complicated situations because you've been hired for the job, because you got the skills and the ability. And so when I think of being professional, I think of dealing with adversity. I think of really rising to the many, many, many challenges of being a singer and a performer. And whenever I talk about professional singers, that's really what I'm talking about. The people that have the experience to step into tough situations and really perform to do the thing. But what I'm not ever talking about is whether they get paid or not. And I think for a lot of people, when they're thinking about the word professional, they assume, you know, if I think about my own self, that someone who gets paid to sing represents 
a specific talent level or a specific level of experience. And it ain't true. It ain't true, folks. <laughs> so if you hear yourself saying in your head, well, I probably can't do this because I think you would need to be a professional or I would need to be a professional or someone has to be professional to do this or those people, they're all professionals. I just say bullshit. It's not true. It might feel like it's true. It's just the story that you are projecting based on your insecurities around what you believe your skill, your talent, your abilities are. It ain't got nothing to do with the money, honey. Are you following me? Okay. Experience. Let's talk about that. Now, experience is of the utmost importance. That professionalism that I was talking about, the ability to stand on a stage and sing and still sell it, even if something goes wrong, to really captivate the audience, even if there are all these different variables, which there always are, that is the result of experience. It's really the only way to cultivate that is through doing that over time. But the catch-22 of experience is that you got to do it to get it, right? And so I think to myself a lot when people talk about their inexperience, it's a very real concern, but it's also not that important to spend a lot of time thinking about because if you get too caught in the thought, too lost in this um, feeling of being inexperienced, you'll inevitably miss your opportunities to get experience. It's true that if you want to be out in the world using your voice, you got to say yes. You have to say yes. You have to say yes, 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 yes. You have to do the thing over and over and over again. You can't say no. And you have to have the experience of failing. You have to have the experience of falling. You have to have the experience of your voice cracking. You have to have the experience of being scared. You have to have the experience of people not responding well to what it is that you've done because all of those experiences add into your capacity, to your professionalism, to your talent, to your gifts. They really help contribute to your ability to show up. And it's really remarkable, you know, I'm 42 years old now, and I just feel the gift of experience at this point. I feel so ready in a way that I've never felt before. And it's not because I'm 42 years old, but it's because of the number of times I've said yes throughout these 42 years. It's because I keep saying yes and showing up and trying and falling and failing and succeeding and getting praise and affirmation and getting I don't cares, you know, getting rejection, all of it. It's all adding into the multitude that I contain, <laughs> the multitudes that I contain. And I really feel that. And I'm so, so grateful for that. So when someone is talking to me and they're hesitant about doing something because of their lack of experience. I can totally relate and I just have to offer, get over it. <laughs> Sorry, you got to try it because the only way to get what you want is to do it. And maybe that starts in really small spaces 
Maybe that starts in really controlled settings. I don't know. It really depends on what it is that your goals and aspirations are, but you got to start somewhere. It might start on social media. It might start in putting yourself out amongst family and friends. It might start by doing some giant crazy audition that you don't think you're qualified for. I don't know. Start by saying yes. Keep saying yes. Keep saying yes. Keep saying yes. Then you'll step into more experience. Okay, then education. Now, this is a really big one to me. Um, it's really, really important because I have seen this play out in so many different directions. But what I want to remind you about myself is that I am a highly educated person in the traditional sense. I started taking voice lessons when I was 11 years old. And I went to a conservatory of music. And I studied with one of the premier voice pedagogues in the world, a gentleman by the name of Richard Miller, who really wrote the book on singing at the time that I was working with him. And I had so much opportunity and I was so privileged and so blessed and really just great, great mentors and teachers that were with me along the way. And I'm so grateful for all of that. I don't regret any of that. But what I can tell you wholeheartedly is that none of that made me feel found as a singer, as a musician, and most importantly, as a person. See, the education really helped expand my awareness. And there is an efficiency to pursuing that through some of these traditional foundations and norms of learning. But what I've seen over the years is that it's not always the best path for everyone. That having a college degree or a master's degree or a doctorate in music doesn't a good musician make. And I know that sounds maybe harsh and intense, but I really have seen it over and over again. In fact, some of the most educated people I know are the most stifled in terms of their willingness and ability to expand beyond that which they know. There's always something quite delightful when someone comes to me and they want to pursue their voice and they have a natural talent. They have a voice that they feel quite confident in and they don't know anything about it because there's an openness that I will experience that is very different than the person who has studied voice for many years. Oftentimes I have to spend a lot of the energy and effort of the work pulling apart or undoing the ways in which they've maybe misunderstood their learning in the past or honestly been giving, given information that isn't necessarily um, terribly useful <laughs> for where they've been headed or where they're going. My own experience was that my real transformation happened with my voice when I began to unlearn so much of what I had learned. I don't regret my path. I don't regret having learned everything that I did. But I also am very aware that a part of my awakening was letting all of that go. 
It's really why, as a musician and an artist, I've leaned so heavily into improvisation because I find it so rich and life-giving because it allows me to just tap into my intuitive knowing, my inner sense of being, my inner musician. And some of the people that are just most skillful at this are those who don't carry the baggage of learning. Now, I think that there is a particular mad magic in having learned and also being able to touch into this space. But I don't think that beautiful, creative singing and music making requires any of it. I think that, that we all have our own specific and perfect path that we have to travel down. And for some of us, that means education to the max and then pulling it apart. And for others, it's just an intuitive knowledge and learning and moving. I'm working with an artist right now who we were having this conversation that I find, um, I find particularly interesting and fascinating in that they often will divert their attention to learning from what I see as an avoidance tactic around the doing or the making or the creating. In fact, I've seen this in a number of people I've worked with over the years that are what I would call perpetual class takers. <laughs> They're always doing some sort of workshop. They're always in some sort of new modality. And while I can very much relate to that and really love the idea of continually being on a path of growth and expansion, I do think there are these really important points in our life where we let go of the striving of learning and allow ourselves to marinate in the creating and the making. I think that sometimes the education can be the defense mechanism, that sometimes the perpetual path of acquiring more information is a way of avoiding the vulnerability of exploring that which you already have. Now, here's another important thing about this. You don't need a degree to get the gig. <laughs> you literally never will. You don't need a certificate you don't need a degree. You don't need a handshake from anyone special. You just need to be able to show up and accomplish what the task is. You might need to know someone too. <laughs> a real talk here. But truthfully, there is no accreditation as a creator. There is no certificate as a singer. There is no um, teacher that you will have worked with that will result in you having then acquired the skill set to get the job or to record the album or to perform at the talent show or to show up at the open mic. And while all of those things might be great contributors in giving you the confidence to actually do it, none of those things will be the thing that allows you into that space. None of those will be the answer to who's allowed to sing. Because the answer always is you. You are allowed to sing exactly where you are right now. You are allowed to use your voice because God gave it to you. Because it is your primary form of expression. And while you might have the desire to grow 
to change, to transform. And I am here for that. Let me remind you that that is your natural state of being, that that is the flow of who you are. And you will enjoy that so much more if you can eliminate the voices that are telling you that you need to be a professional, that you need a lot of experience, that you need this degree, that you need this education. Those are just little gnats flying around your head trying to distract you from the truth of who it is that you are, which you are a creative being. You are a creator. You manifest your future. You sing your song if you can allow yourself to do so. We live in a contemporary society where so many rules and ways of being and structures are collapsing around us. And this message is really about that because so many of them were false to begin with. We believed that if this, then this, then this happened, it would equal this. And we find ourselves in tremendous amount of debt, or we find ourselves down a totally erroneous path, disappointed. And I'm telling you that the answer was always in our intuitive knowing. It was always in that deep voice within that echoes the truth of who you are that says, just try it, say yes, go for it. Professional, <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> you want an education? I'll show you an education. So my friend, this is my message to you today quiet those voices. They're not true. Remember, Davin says he can poke holes in all of those old narratives. The only narrative that is relevant to you right now is the knowing of exactly where it is that you are on your journey, the reality, the truth of staying true to where it is that you are, and the inspiration that that offers. That might offer you the nudge to go learn some more, to go work with someone, to grow, to expand. But that nudge needs to be inspired by a path of authentic creativity. It need not be inspired by a need to accomplish this to get to this. It's bullshit. It's not true. It's not how it works. It never works like that. I promise you the way you get from point A to point B will always surprise you. Now, look out for point C, because that's like extra, <laughs> extra, extra surprising. But stop with the stories of, I'm not ready. I've got to get here first. No, 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 no. Now is the time to step into the truth of your voice. Now is the time to step into your authentic expression. Now is the time to be inspired to become professional if that's a longing that you have. Now is the time to say yes to yes to yes to yes to get more experience. Now is the time to step into all of the delicious learning because it lights you up as a musician. Maybe you just need to go to the school of YouTube, right? <laughs> not for your voice, not for your voice. In, in all seriousness, I will say there's so much that we can learn online. But it's really important that on your voice journey, you get that feedback from a real human being. That's a side note. 
Okay, my friend, I hope you feel compelled by this, and I hope you feel inspired by this, and I hope that you can replace those voices with my voice. I hope that I can echo throughout your head and quiet that imposter syndrome, because it's never true. Never, never, never. And you know what? After that time where I went to somatic voice work and I didn't know how to introduce myself and say what it is that I do and yada, 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 can I just tell you that here I am stepping into this moment of feeling so aligned with my vocal expression, so aligned with my artistry and musicianship, so aligned with the, the lack of need to actually even give it a label. What do I sing? That's what I do. <laughs> Where I sing, what's it to you, right? <laughs> I sing because it brings me joy. I sing because it brings other people joy. I sing because it transforms lives. I sing because I believe that it gives us a path to healing. I sing because I sing because I sing because I have a voice. That's why I sing. I hope you will join me with your voice for the exact same reason. Until next time, peace.